my wonderful partners and family of God. I have with me Chad today because we're going to talk about how to win when you're tempted. And I think a lot of people need this message. Absolutely. I mean, I think we all need it. So what do we do? What does the Bible say? So, Lord, I thank you for what your word declares. And Lord, I pray you'll bless your people today with this wonderful word in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. All right. First of all, let's go to 1 John 2. Because I think, first of all, we have to, to understand, like, what is temptation before we go any further in talking about, you know, how to win over it? Okay. So let's go 1 John 2. And I'm going to have you read verse 16, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. And I like it when somebody's with me reading the word, because it's much easier on me. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, please. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Okay, so temptation is to entice us to do evil in the sight of God and against the Lord. So one more time. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Okay, so it's when people go into forbidden territory. That's when the trouble starts. And the forbidden territory, you, you just read it. Yeah. Okay. So now, James 1.4, I think, begins to give us some amazing revelations that help all of us. So let's go to James 1.14, and let's please read it. Sorry. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and mm. enticed. This means that uh, we are responsible. It's, it, it begins with us. Wow. Read that again. But every man is tempted yeah. when he is drawn away of his own lust. Uh-huh. When he enticed. is drawn away of his own lust, meaning we make the first step. And then the enemy gets hold of that step. Like, let's say, when there's a thought, uh, when, when we entertain that thought, and it's evil against God, it's the lust of the eye, you know, and so forth, like we just read earlier. Uh, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. These are forbidden territories, but when we look that way, we are making that first step. Now, um, I want to say something I think is very important. Every believer has the power to say no. Every one of us has the power. But what happens is uh, it kind of, well, let me, maybe I should make it a little simpler. We have the power to let, to let it go by or let this thing lock in. Because we make that step, we make that choice. We can let that thought or temptation go by us, or we can let it, or we can allow it to lock into us. And it locks into us when we entertain it. Wow. The second we entertain it, there's a lock in. And that is when you begin to understand verse 15 a little more of the same chapter. It says what? Then when lust hath conceived. Aha. The second you entertain it, 
there's birth. Hmm. So read it. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Uh-huh. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's it. So the minute we entertain it, it locks into our mind. Wow. The second it locks into our mind, it brings forth. It gives birth. But read that verse one more time. It's very amazing and, it is. and very interesting. One more time. Yeah. Then when lust hath conceived. Conceived means locks in. Yeah. It. It bringeth forth sin. That's it. So there is that possibility where you just don't stop it from going deeper. Mm. And as it goes in deeper, sin is produced. And then when the act comes, death is, is the result. Now, let's, let's talk about something I think very important. So, well, let's just read verse 16 and, and 17 before I say anything. Yes, sir. Okay. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know why he says that? Because a lot of times people blame God. Hmm. And what he says is, look, you're responsible. Wow. You're the one who locks it into you. Don't blame God because God cannot send that. Everything comes from God is good. Wow. Meaning, repent. Because God does not send us. So step one is we must know we are responsible for those temptations. And when we take only when we take responsibility, God makes a way out. God does not make a way out until we say, I'm sorry. I look that way. So James is really important because he says, okay. You make the first step. You don't let it go by. You just locked in on it. You entertained it. Now it's conceived sin. Yeah. Now if you go farther and act, the result will be death unless you repent. Unless you realize, Lord, I did wrong. And the second you say I did wrong, only then you take responsibility by saying that. And only then God says, okay, I'm going to give you a way out. And that's what, say, what it says in 1 Corinthians 10. So I think it's good. But let me just say one more thing before we read 1 Corinthians 10. I believe, like Luke, for example, 22.46. Let's just read Luke 22.46 quickly. Sure. Because it is better not to allow it in. Yeah. And how does that happen? Luke tells me how. And said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Ah, So, when something comes at you, and you don't find the strength to let it go by, pray right there. God will give you the strength to let that thing go by, and not lock in. So, God will not give you a way out till you take responsibility, till you say, Lord, I'm sorry I look that way. I'm sorry I thought about it, entertained it. Now he gives a way out. But 
There is even a secret in Luke where Jesus said, listen, if you pray, I will give you the power not to lock in. If you say, Lord, help me now, God gives you the power not to entertain that thing. So that's why it is better not to allow it, not to allow it to enter into your mind. And how? Jesus just told us. Read that one more time. I love that. Why sleep ye? Rise and pray. Pray that you enter not, that you enter not into temptation. Meaning, I'll give you the power. You don't have to get there. You don't have to go there. So any one of you listening to me, we're all tempted. Look, um, opportunity uh, only knocks once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. So we all face it. I want to say that again. We all face temptations. Opportunity only knocks one time, but temptations lean on the doorbell itself. It keeps ringing. It doesn't stop ringing. So this is so important. We understand we all go through that. I go through that. We all go through that. We all have been tempted and we'll continue to be tempted. Jesus was, was tempted, it says, in all points, yet without sin. And he was fully a man. He was as much man as though he was not God. So he's our example to win. So let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read verse 12 and 13. But, but I, think, I think what we need to do here is we need to all prepare because um, we need to develop a, like a self-defense system, which I'd like to talk about maybe tomorrow. How do we develop that self-defense system that is so important to understand. But today I'm, I'm really dealing with the first, you know, the first steps. How, how to win. So let's go to, to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 and 13. Sir. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are, ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Okay. So th- this is God's part in, in helping us. Hmm. Now, God has set limits, according to this beautiful portion. God has set limits on the intensity over temptation. He has set limits over the intensity. Because if you read that carefully, it points out three things. Because, you know, God God knows how much we can handle and how much we cannot handle. So he knows our breaking point. And so you you notice three things in in this portion you have just read. Number one, we will never be tempted more than we can bear. So, number one. Number two, and this is God's part, he won't let us get to that breaking point. So he promised to do that. But there's things we need to do to 
to allow him to do that. Okay? Number two, God is fully involved in our struggle. And number three, God is faithful where in our darkest hour, he will always show us a way out. So if you read that again, notice those three things I just mentioned, okay? So number one, number one, we will never be tempted more than we can bear it. Number two, he's involved in that struggle we are, we are, we are fighting and, and, and you know, struggling with. And number three, he's faithful even in our darkest hour, he, he will show us the way out of this thing. So read that again. Sir. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And, I, and what he's saying is everyone can be tempted, period. Okay? Now, now, now let's, let's keep going. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful, okay. who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, one thing we have to know, God Almighty has given us not only a way out. The Bible says Jesus prays for us continually that we don't fall in it. So the Bible is so amazing. Let's, Let's go to John 17, because I want you to know when you're, when you're facing that moment to, to cry out to God, because he's praying for you. Cry out to Jesus, he's praying for you. And I'm going to say something here. It is when we cry out that he takes that, that need immediately to the Father. When we say, Lord Jesus, help me, it's done because he is ever interceding for us. So when you cry out to him, he'll say, Father, he needs help. And immediate help comes. It doesn't take long. So look what Jesus said in John 17, for example, because I want you all to remember this. When you face that moment, when you don't think you can win, just say, dear Jesus, help me. And he will help you, because he is praying for you. And, and, and God already answered the prayer of John 17. That's already done because he said in verse 14 and 15 to the Father these words which have already been answered, meaning the devil cannot do it because Jesus prayed what? I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray that thou shouldest take them out of the world but that thou, that thou should not take him out of the world. But I pray not that thou yeah, should. Good, I corrected I, you. I, thank you. I pray not that thou should take us down, take us them out of the world. But that thou shouldst keep them keep from them. the evil or ah, the evil one. The evil one. So the Lord Jesus already prayed for our protection from the evil one. But He said something powerful earlier that I want to point out. He said, "I have given them your word to use." I've given them your word, Lord. So this is key here. We're going to talk about more tomorrow on this. How, how do we build that self-defense through the word? Through the word. Very important. Okay? In Luke 22, 31 and 32, the Lord says what? 
Okay, let's go to it. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. Well, like every one of us, the devil wants to have us all, but... That he may sift you as wheat, but, but I have prayed, prayed for, for thee. So, wait, wait, wait. He prayed for him, and he, uh, well, he prayed for you too. We just read it in John 17. So he says to Peter, I prayed for you, and I'm telling you here now, he prayed for you too, and he's still praying for you. Amen. Because he prayed for all of us in John 17. He says, keep them from the evil one. I've given them your word. Keep them from the evil one. God said, yes, I'll do it. And it's, he's, he's been doing it ever since. So he says to Peter, I prayed for you. And then he says what? I've prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. Exactly. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, let's look at Hebrews 4, 15, which I just mentioned. But I think it's very important that Jesus is praying for you in heaven. When you call on him, he brings it immediately to the Father for you on your behalf. So, Hebrews 4, 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all with points the feeling of what? our infirmities. Our weaknesses is another word for it. And that is something we deal with every single day. But, but what? But was in all points tempted, yes. like as uh, we uh -huh. are. So, those infirmities then, in this portion, deal with temptations. That's why it says he was tempted in all points as we are. Mm. Read that whole verse again. Mm. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. So then he knows how to pray for us. That's beautiful. Okay? So he prayed for us in John 17. And now he tells Peter, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. The devil wants to sift you, but it's not going to happen. And I'm telling you here in, in his holy name, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The, the devil can never win. He is not going to win. But what you need to do is call upon the Lord, who is ready to pray for you immediately when you call on him. Now, I think people sometimes think, that the Lord is praying for you without you asking. That's not what, what the Bible says. It says he's the high priest of our confession. He's the high priest of our confession. Mm. Literally, he is the high priest interceding for us when we declare his word. That's very important, what, yeah. what I just said. So, Ephesians 6 I taught on this a few days ago on the armor, but I'm not going to teach on this now. I just want to point one thing out to you. Let's look at verse 10 and 11 of Ephesians 6, because God here says he provided the power we need to overcome. So what does it say, Chad? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So God wants us to use what he has provided for us, his might through his word. Remember in John 17, he says, I have given them your word. Now keep them from the evil one. So we have a part to play. We have responsibility in using that word that he gave us. And so Paul says, God has provided to you his power. His might. How do you use it? The word. 
The Bible says in, in, in the Psalms, through your word, Lord, I've kept my past away from the enemy. By your word, by what you've said, I keep myself away from the enemy. So now, the power itself is useless unless we use it. So he said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Okay? God has given us his might, but use it. It's no good without you using it. Think about somebody um, having a car, but they keep it in the garage. They're not using it. So I think it's time we, we, we really pay attention to James 2 and verse 20, that faith without works is dead. We have to use it. Use that power. Use that word. And only once we use it in prayer, listen to me, once we use it in prayer, only then can we say no. So you want to win? I'm giving you the secrets that the Bible gives us. The minute we use it in prayer, we use the power of God in prayer, it is released through prayer. It's no good until we pray. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That happens on your knees when you pray. Now the power is released for you to use it, and you use it by using the word that he said he gave us. I've given them your word, Lord, now keep them from the enemy. God is involved in our temptations. He's involved in our struggles. He's, he'll, he'll, he'll give us a way out when we call on him. And when we call on him, we're able to use his power to stand strong, to, to not go any deeper in that sin. And then God gives us a way out when we say, Lord, I'm sorry. And when we call on him. But watch what it, what, what it says in Romans 8, 12. Because this is really very important. Okay. Romans 8, verse 12. What it says is, we owe the flesh nothing. In other words, it cannot have power over us. It cannot win. It cannot win. I don't care what temptations the devil throws at you. The flesh will not win because you're already in the kingdom of God. And Paul says what in verse 12? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Yeah, because we don't owe the flesh anything. We don't have to listen to it or, or, or even obey it. So we can say no to those fleshly desires that hit us, that lust of the flesh and so on, lust of the eye, pride of life. But look at, at, at Romans 6, verse 12 to 14. I mean, here we see something quite amazing. God Almighty has given us the power to say no. Otherwise, he would not say what he says in Romans 6, verse 12, 13, 14. He says what? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal ah, body. It means you and I have the power to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Amen. That ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Which means we have the power. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not 
have dominion over you. Notice how much power God has given us mm. to say no to sin and to the flesh and to the devil. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Exactly. That's why God has given us all that might, because we are under grace. And the other thing too, you know, God gave that power to Cain and he refused it. In Genesis 4, 6, and 7, there's, there's no need to go there. But he said, look, you have power over it. But the man didn't really want to do it. Oh, wow. So don't do what he did. Don't, don't reject the power of God in you. Don't reject what God has given us. And only through daily prayer it is released. Only through daily prayer, it is released through you. It's already in the, it's already in you. You just have to release it through you as you pray. Prayer is so powerful. It's so powerful. It makes yeah. sense now why that's the way the Lord taught his disciples to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Prayer is the key to the very omnipotence of God himself. Awesome. Listen, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Prayer can do anything God can do because God Almighty has given us such access through prayer to say, whatever you ask, I'll do it. So prayer can do anything God can do, meaning prayer is really omnipotent when we use it. So the power of sin has access to us, but no authority over us. Hmm. The power of sin has access to us, no power over us. We don't have to allow it to have power. We can say no to it every single day. And it has access to our mind. Listen to this. It has access to our mind, but no authority over the will. Sin has access to our mind, but no authority over our will. God gave us power to say no to it. Temptations come every day to us. They have access to our mind. We're, we're tempted all the time, but no authority over the will. God has given us authority over our own will. I'm going to say it again. God has given you power over your own will to say no. The unbeliever doesn't have that power over their own will. It says they're taken captive by Satan at his will. They're taken captive by Satan at his will. Not you and me. The devil cannot control your will. God has given you the power over your own will. And so it says in Romans 6, let's read 10 and 11 and then we're going to pray. Yes, sir. For in that he died, and he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon, Likewise, reckon yourselves what? Dead, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the job of the will. That's the authority we have over our will. Amen. One more time, read that verse 11, amazing. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our okay. Lord. When did Jesus win the battle? On the cross or in Gethsemane? When did he win? 
in Gethsemane when he said, not my will. So the battle was won in the garden. We always say the cross. Yes, the cross defeated the devil. But the victory was won in Gethsemane when Jesus said, I will be done. Because in his flesh, he was saying, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Not my will. You see the man, Jesus. Wow. In saying those words, that was the humanity of the Lord speaking. Let this cup pass from me, but not my will. And the battle was won right there. And God gave us power over our own will. Just like he gave his son power over his own will when he said, not my will. Think about that. Jesus, we can identify with him. God gave him power over his own will to say, not my will. I'm not going to let my, my will get, it, get in the way. And that's where we win. And the Bible tells us now, we don't have time to read the whole thing. But in that chapter, it, it says, be baptized into Christ. Now, baptized means immerse into something else, into someone else. To be baptized means to immerse into someone else. It's like, it's like a piece of clothing or cloth that is immersed in a different color. Mm. It takes on the color. The cloth takes on the color of what is, it is immersed in. So we are immersed in Christ. We take on his nature. Amen. We take on his, if I can say, color. We, so we are baptized into Christ. And so the minute we put Christ on by being baptized into him, the devil cannot touch us. And that's the, 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 the real answer. Be immersed in Jesus. Put on Christ. The Bible says, you'll not, and the flesh will have no say so. That's what it says. Lord, I thank you for your word. Oh, I thank you for your word. To you be the glory and the praise and the honor. Lord, let your people today be strengthened in their inner man. Let them be strong in you today, Lord, as they call upon you, that your power will be released through them. It's already in them. Let it be released through them in the glorious name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. No, you don't have to be defeated. You cannot be defeated, not even on a single score. The only ones who are defeated are the ones who consent to be defeated. The ones who want to be defeated. The one who say, yeah, I want it. No, we, we say no. Never, never, never. Thank you, Lord. You enjoyed that? I loved it. Thank okay. you, Okay. Well, now it's time to give. It's time. Sorry, we went on a little extra time to give, but it's okay. It's a good teaching. I want you to give to the Lord because there's no receiving without giving. There's no reaping without sowing. And if you need a miracle financially, there's only one way I know. One way I know. I love it when... In the Bible, David prayed for it and then he sowed for it. <laughs> you you, you, you got to sow seed. You can pray all you want. It's not going to happen. But when we sow seed, ah, something happens powerfully. Because that seed will produce. So we already pray, Lord, help me out of my problems financially. But if we don't give, nothing happens. We have to act our faith. We have to live our faith. We have to work our faith. So faith with, without works, what is dead? So we have to give. That's the working of faith. That's saying, Lord, I believe your promise. I believe you're going to take care of me. 
I've had moments in my life when I've cried out to God, oh, Lord, help me out of this financial mess I'm in or problem I, I'm, I'm in. And every single time I'm reminded, okay, what are you going to give? And that's the tough part. But it becomes easy as you live the Christian life and you see God has done it in the past. Then you say, okay, you know what? I don't have to struggle with it. It's easy now. Wow. Uh, why? Because I've seen God do it over and over and over and over. When I give, God moves. God, God blesses me back. There is no receiving without giving. And if you're asking God to give you a miracle financially, you have to sow seed. Otherwise, it's not coming. So do it now. There's an address on the screen for you. You can go right now to that part there where it says donate and give. Go to our website, benin.org, or just simply text BHM4577. And please, share this teaching I give today with your friends, your people who follow you on, on social media. And then tomorrow, I'm going to talk about how to build that self-defense, how to be prepared at all times, to be able to say no at all times. What is the power God gives us, and how do we use it? Very important teaching. I know you enjoyed today. You're going to enjoy tomorrow too, maybe even more than, than, than today, because I'm going to give you some things to really chew on, okay? All right, much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow. And Chad will, will be here too. Bye-bye.